It's time for Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the best place to go to get all your fantasy football news, analysis, and advice to dominate your league. Hey, 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 we're back. We're back, baby. Back on this podcast. We had to take a little bit of a hiatus, but uh, now... We're here to bring you all the fantasy football action that we can, get you guys ready for your upcoming draft for 2022, but uh, no better way to get back into the swing of things than to go over the 2022 NFL Real Live Draft, and I give my predictions every year. I didn't feel good about not being able to do a podcast and giving you my predictions this year, because I always revert back to things that I get right or wrong, and... Obviously, it's really easy to make up stuff if I'm like, oh, yeah, I predicted that or I knew that was going to happen. Well, here it is. I'm laying it all out, what my predictions are for the uh, NFL draft. And so uh, this will be a kind of a, a special podcast. Uh, and uh, let's uh, get right back into it on uh, who's going to take who and, uh, yeah, the craziness that's going to ensue tomorrow because I really think this is going to be a wide-open draft. And having said that, on top of it being a wide-open draft, you know, there's usually, you know, oh, this top quarterback's going to be taken, this top quarterback's going to be taken. Some offensive tackles, sure. But uh, I think this year especially, there's just not... I, I, if I'm a team and I'm in the top 10, I'm trying to trade out of that, you know? I, I really don't like this draft this much. Uh, I, I'm not saying it's a horrible draft. I just don't think it's... I just think it's not that top-heavy. Uh, top There's not, like, elite talent that's just screaming at you that you need to have. Like, I really feel like there's going to be some second, third-round guys that are going to be just as good as some of the first-round guys that are drafted. So, really, uh, this is kind of a crapshoot draft. Now, I don't want to say it's going to be as bad as, what, the 2012 draft um, back in the day with, uh, what, Trent Richardson or uh, that draft. But uh, it's definitely going to be... Uh, it's going to be a draft where uh, there's not going to be a lot of high-end, told-you-so, banging-the-table type guys that they get in the first round where you know they're going to be instant superstars. Having said that, let's get into it. Uh, you're not here to, or yeah, you're not listening to hear me ramble on about uh, what I think of the draft. You're here to listen to me predict who I think everyone's going to take. So, uh, number one, Jacksonville Jaguars. Now. I know that, you know, they signed Christian Kirk, huge contract, totally blew open the wide receiver market. That's why you're seeing all these receivers being traded. They're like, I'm better than Christian Kirk. I should get paid way more than that. So now everybody's, uh, all these superstar receivers are, you know, Tyree Kill getting traded to the Dolphins. Debo Samuel wants out. It's just a huge cluster. And uh, I really believe that has to do with the Jaguars' mismanagement of way overpaying Christian Kirk, but you're the Jaguars, you have to overpay people. So uh, my first prediction on their pick is going to be Evan Neal, offensive tackle from Alabama. Tackle can be in a pretty expensive position. They have, you know, first round draft picks, they have five years, uh, four years, and then the, uh, the uh, you know, the bonus year uh, if they decide to uh, to keep them. So... Uh, I really feel like they need to build a foundation for Trevor Lawrence. If they're committed to Trevor Lawrence, they need to give him some protection. Uh, you know, Bengals, I feel, aren't doing a great job with the Joe Burrow. 
you know, back in the day, the Texans did a horrible job with uh, David Carr. You you really really can make a good quarterback bad if you don't have a good offensive line. So to try to give Trevor Lawrence some support, uh, I'm really feeling like they're going to shore up that offensive line and, and draft the, the the best tackle prospect in the draft. Number two, the Detroit Lions. Now this is kind of a no brainer. It just makes too much sense. Now it probably makes so much sense the Lions won't do this. They'll do something totally, uh, you know, off the chain. But uh, with this pick, I'm predicting Aiden Hutchinson, edge from Michigan. I just really feel like this is a good fit. Lions, they need to shore up their defense. They need uh, they need a better pass rush for sure. And uh, Aiden Hutchinson just swings right over from Ann Arbor down to Detroit. And um, I really feel like this pick is just, it's just screaming at you that this is going to happen. Um, so that's my prediction for the Detroit Lions Number three, Houston Texans. Now, they're a little bit harder. Uh, I just feel like their whole organization's kind of in shambles right now. I don't know what they're doing. And uh, anyone who says that they do, I think, is just lying. Um, I I do think they need to shore up that defense, though, too. Uh, their offense was actually... I mean, they were really inconsistent, but they actually showed some flashes with very little talent on that offense. So I really feel like they're going to try to shore up that defense. And uh, they're going to go after uh, uh, Trayvon Walker, from the edge guy from Georgia. Really good guy, really talented guy. Actually, I think he might be better than Aiden Hutchinson, to be honest. I, I really was impressed with him. But, uh, you know, he's sitting there for the Houston Texans. I, I think he's the best pick for them, and that's where they need to go. I know some people are predicting maybe an offensive lineman as well. But, uh, I mean, you're, you're drafting an offensive lineman to protect Davis Mills. I don't see it. I really feel like they need to shore up that defense. Number four. Number four is going to be the Jets, and they're like my wild card. I don't know what the Jets are going to do. They have two picks in the top ten. Uh, I could go any which way. I know they need a wide receiver very badly, but here's the thing. I don't think they get one. And I know there's rumors that, you know, Debo Samuel might be traded and, you know, this might be the 49ers pick. Could happen. Um... And to be honest, that would make some sense in this scenario. But I'm having them take Kyle Hamilton, safety, from Notre Dame. I just really like his all-around game. He's really versatile. He can do it all. He's really fast. He's he's actually the most complete uh, defensive player in the draft. And I really feel like he can solidify that back end for the Jets. And it's a solid pick. Now, are they dra- like overdrafting him? Maybe a little bit, but... Again, at the end of you know a couple years down the road, you can be like, man, that Kyle Hamilton pick was solid for the Jets. That was probably the best pick in the first round. And that could happen as well. So that's my prediction for the Jets. I think they go after Kyle Hamilton. Number five is the New York Giants. Really New York heavy top ten with the Giants and the Jets both having two first round picks there. But uh, first, uh, at number five, I'm having the New York Giants take uh, Icky. Ekwanu, offensive tackle from North Carolina State. And the reason why is he's, you know, he's a good kid off the field. He's a tough kid on the field. And he's going to be kind of uh, that foundation for that Giants offensive line for years to come. He's actually one of my favorite tackles in this draft. And the Giants, they need to show up their offensive line as well. So, uh, so Quan Barkley had nowhere to run. Daniel Jones didn't really have a lot of time. 
and uh, you know, jury's still out on Daniel Jones, but I definitely think it helps if you try to put an offensive line around him that can at least give him some time to pass it down the field. So that's uh, I think that's where they need to go with this pick. Number six, I got the Carolina Panthers drafting, and here's another deal. I don't do trades. I don't do any of those things. Like where guys are picking is where I predict the pit, the the player to go, and uh, I just don't believe in making up fake scenarios of trades and things. I mean, I don't like complicating it. I guess, and to to predict trades and, and get those right, uh, very rarely does does that even happen. So. Um, Anyway, moving on, number six, Carolina Panthers. I think they're going to take the first quarterback off the board, and it's going to be Malik Willis, quarterback, Liberty, formerly of Auburn. He just has the most he just has the, he has the most boomer bust potential, but his ceiling is just so high. Um, his floor, I mean, he could be a huge bust, but you don't ignore that talent that he has. I mean, he's so mobile. He does have an arm. Really, the accuracy is not, uh, I mean, it's something that definitely will make you nervous. Um, but I felt the same thing about Dak Prescott with his accuracy coming into the league. And, you know, Dak Prescott's turned out to be a pretty good uh, quarterback for the Cowboys. So I I think the Panthers have spent so much time on the quarterback position. I know a lot of people have them taking, like, an offensive tackle here. I just don't see it. I think they go after Malik Willis. They want to solidify that quarterback position. And uh, why spend all that time on quarterback if you're looking to go somewhere else? I just don't understand that move. They'd be wasting a lot of time if they did that. Uh, number seven, New York Giants again. I have them taking uh, Sauce Gardner, cornerback for Cincinnati. Uh, you know, the Giants, they need to solidify their secondary too. Uh, Sauce Gardner's one of these. I love this guy. Sauce Gardner at cornerback, I like his aggressiveness. I just... He has shutdown potential, and cornerbacks are one of those positions that everyone really builds up, and then the player doesn't turn out to be as good as what we think they are. You know, we all think they're going to be like Deion Sanders or Aeneas Williams, where they're just complete shutdown type players. But uh, and uh, for Sauce Gardner, I just I really like him. I, I would actually think that he could go higher, <laughs> but. Uh, Giants, if he's sitting there, really need to take him, and he'll be, yeah, he'll be a shutdown corner for them, if not that his rookie year soon after. Number eight, really tough call here. Falcons definitely need a quarterback. I could see them taking a quarterback here, but having traded away Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley being out for the year with the uh, gambling issues, um, they're really hurting at wide receiver. And when you got the best receiver in the draft looking at you in the face at number eight, and you got to take him. And to be honest, he actually might not be the best wide receiver in the draft, but the best healthy receiver in the draft. I'll put it that way. Uh, I have Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. I, again, he's, there's going to be a lot of receivers taken off the board in the first round. I think the Falcons go there first, maybe see what's at quarterback in the second round. But uh, they, they need some playmakers. And Garrett Wilson, I think, fits that bill the best out of what's available to them right now. So, And that's the good news for the Falcons, though, is there's not really that many... Uh, actually, there's not any skilled position players that were taken. So they get their pick of which ones they want. And I just think Garrett Wilson's probably the best one in this draft. So number nine, the Seahawks. Obviously, I like offensive line for them. I really feel like they should go that way. 
but you looking a gift horse in the mouth with uh, Kayvon uh, Thibodeau just sitting there from uh, Oregon, uh, you got to take him. You just have to. Like he's sitting there, he should be he should be drafted in the top three, and he's there at number nine. Seahawks aren't going to pass that up. Kayvon Thibodeau from uh, the edge guy from Oregon. Uh, really great, uh, great edge guy. And throwing my two cents in, I mean, he's a guy that I could potentially see being a bust. He has the skills. He has the tools. He looks like he could be, uh, you know, a, a pretty talented guy. But I really would like him to work on his technique a little bit. I really feel like he relies on his power and speed. Um I don't feel like his technique's there as much as I would like. And in the NFL, everyone's strong, everyone's fast. Technique is what wins you the your matchups. So, but again, he's there at number nine for Seattle. You scoop him up, and I think that's what they do. Number ten for the Jets. Uh, you know, I think they would want Garrett Wilson, but since he's off the board, uh, I don't think they go wide receiver. I, I think maybe they go the trade route, second round maybe. I know this sounds crazy. But I have them still going back to defense twice. I have them going with Jermaine Johnson, the second from uh, Florida State. I like him as an edge prospect, and I definitely think he's a better prospect than what they would get at receiver right there at that point. Um, he's a great run defender. He's an instinctive pass rusher. It's just uh, solid all the way around. Um, I, I don't. He doesn't scream star potential to me, but definitely a guy that's going to be solid and, uh, you know, be able to get you double-digit sacks, uh, you know, again, be a, an every-down type uh, outside uh, linebacker type that can or defensive end that can set the edge. Number 11, the Washington Commanders. I had them going full quarterback. I haven't taken Kenny Pickett from Pitt. Do I think Kenny Pickett from Pitts, the best quarterback in this draft, or even the second best quarterback in this draft? I don't. I mean, he has small hands. What quarterback with small hands can throw that football? Um, he does have some running ability. Uh, definitely can read some defenses. I, I, I'm not sure he can make all the throws. I, I don't know. I'm, I like, I, I don't, I'm not a big Kenny Pickett guy. Plus, he's 24 years old. So, I, I if he doesn't come out, Guns a blazing. Not sure he pans out. He's one of those guys that you're either going to know right away if he's going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL or not. And I lean more towards not. But him sitting there for the Washington Commanders, I can see them taking him. And so I, I have the I have the Commanders taking Kenny Pickett and uh, and them trying to solidify that quarterback position. Number twelve, I have the Minnesota Vikings taking Derek Stingley Jr. And when Derek Stingley Jr. is sitting there, one of the best cornerbacks, you know, second best cornerback to Sauce Gardner. Um, I, I mean, there was some injuries with him, but, you know, he has NFL bloodlines with his father. I just think the Minnesota Vikings can't pass that up. And they went through a phase, obviously, with Rhodes and Waynes and everybody. They got rid of a lot of cornerbacks a couple years ago. And I really feel like they can still improve in that area. And Stingley sitting there at 12 is kind of a steal. They need to grab him, and they're going to. So that's their pick. Number 13, uh, Houston Texans. 
they have Brandon Cooks. They don't have much else. So I really feel like they try to get. Uh, oh, they'll try to get more uh, weapons for their offense. And this guy is potentially the top receiver in the draft. Jamison Williams, wide receiver for Alabama. He has some height. Uh, he's, you know, big play guy. Can do it all. Really like him. Really feel like he's the best wide receiver in this draft. Um, but he's hurt, and he's you know, going to be hurt the beginning of the season. Like, he may not be ready till what, late October, mid-November? It's still up in the air. So, but once he's ready to go, you are going to have a really great playmaker on your hands and uh, someone you can game plan around. So I I think it's worth that risk, and Jamison Williams is too good to pass up right here. I mean, you you don't let that guy go. Number 14, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this is going to sound like a boring pick, but it's definitely a Baltimore Raven pick, and it's actually going to be a solid pick. I think they're going to try to shore up that defensive line. It was kind of leaky last year. Their, their defense wasn't as good as what we're used to for the Baltimore Ravens. So I think they're going to draft Jordan Davis, defensive tackle from Georgia. Dude is a beast. I mean, 6'6", 340 pounds. Um, now, for his size, I, you know, he's not a bad pass rusher, and I feel like he could be a better run stuffer for that size. But give him time in the Ravens' defense, and he's going to be the man. So that's, uh, that's really going to solidify that middle for the Ravens, uh, especially, like I said, if he can work on his run-stuffing ability. He's going to be a, a defensive tackle that could potentially be a three-down guy, which doesn't happen very often with that position. So that's why they're going to take him. Um, he, he definitely has that potential more than any other defensive tackle in the draft. So take the top defensive tackle. Number 15, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I know they can go a lot of different ways. I feel like the Eagles need, need a lot of help in a lot of different areas. So I have them taking Drake London from USC. Dude's a monster, 6'5". He's, he's skinny, though. He's He's a, he's a skinny guy, but 6'5", uh, lanky guy, makes plays, though. And uh, when the ball's up in the air, he'll take advantage of it. He'll he'll win those 50-50 balls up in the air. And uh, that's what the Eagles kind of need. They, they got Devonta Smith, um, but they definitely need some uh, more playmakers. And I, I really can't see them passing up Drake London here. I just feel like that's a good fit for him. And he could really thrive in that Eagles offense and actually make that Eagles offense formidable. I mean, the Eagles offense last year was pretty pathetic. Uh, I felt like they underperformed, really disappointing. And uh, that can help, uh, I guess, help their rebirth. Number 16, I have Matt Coral, another quarterback taken off the board by the New Orleans Saints. They're moving Taysom Hill to tight end. Sounds like he's going to be there. They, you know, Jameis uh, Winston's coming back, coming off an injury. I don't feel like he's a long-term answer. I don't believe the Saints feel like he's a long-term answer. I feel like he's just holding uh, the starting spot until they can get someone developed or they have someone better that can replace him. So I think they're going to go after Matt Coral. Makes sense. He's kind of local, went to Mississippi, not that far away. And, uh, yeah, the... Uh, Saints are going to really be hurting for a quarterback, so why not just take it with their first pick? Because they do have two picks in the first round as well. So, um, Number 17, 
Now, this is going to be crazy, but Charles Cross is sitting there. He's just sitting there. He's like a top five pick, just sitting there. This is all the way to 17. You always get these top five or six uh, guys that potentially uh, fall in the draft, and I really feel like that will be Charles Cross. He's the offensive tackle from Mississippi State. Really good size. I mean, two-year starter, really good guy. Um, he, he knows his stuff. I mean, uh, he's a solid tackle. There's, there's nothing, there's no trait that really stands out to me where I'm like, oh, this guy's amazing, but there's no weaknesses where I'm like, oh, that guy's not really good at this or, you know, he can improve there. Uh, he's going to be one of those guys that's just going to be a really solid play. And, you know, uh, the, the Chargers, um, you know, get Rashawn Slater last year, you get Cross sitting there and you have your tackle positions just manned up for the next like 12 years protecting Justin Herbert. Uh, that's a good place to start on that offense. So uh, I, I know that they need some positions as well. Uh, they could probably draft another receiver. There's some defensive help that they can use. But, again, Charles Cross is sitting there for you. You, you, should, you need to take him. 18 for the Eagles. I feel like they're going to go defense here. They need someone to kind of man that middle of their defense, someone that can kind of defend the tight ends and the running backs out of the backfield. I'm having them take Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah. He's he's just a productive guy. Um, I I like the way he plays. He's solid in coverage. He can defend on the run. Uh, he's an every down linebacker. Could be a leader of the defense. Get him at 18 in the draft. That's a good spot to get him, and uh, that's what the Eagles need. So. I think he can make the biggest impact for uh, what they're looking for, and uh, that's going to be the pick. Number 19, this is the Saints pick. This is their second pick in the first round. You know, the, we, I had him getting Matt Coral the first pick, so why not get somebody to protect those quarterback uh, quarterbacks, I should say, uh, Winston and then potentially Coral. I have him going after Trevor Penning, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa, and I really like this guy. I really like him. Northern Iowa is becoming like an offensive tackle like machine, like factory. Uh, Spencer Brown was there last year. He's starting for Buffalo, or a couple years ago, sorry. Um, you have Trevor Penning this year with uh, what Matt Walotsko or whatever. I think he's there too. Like They just are producing... Uh, they just produce offensive linemen. And it's, it's great to see. And... Uh, I, he's nasty is what I like about him the most is he, he's so violent and, uh, any offensive tackle you can get, that's going to be violent, that that's, that's committed in the run game. Um, who's actually not even that much of a liability in pass protection. Like his pass protection could maybe be a little bit better, but, uh, it's, it's not horrid. I mean, I, he could still go in probably day one starter and still play. So I'm really liking Trevor Penning. I think the saints do too. He's, could be a cornerstone on that offensive line. Um, they're they're going to take Trevor Penning. So that leaves number 20, the Steelers. I feel like the Steelers are kind of out of luck. You know, they wanted a quarterback. Uh, three were taken, Pickett, Coral, Willis. Um, there's been rumors that the Steelers are going to have the first quarterback taken in the draft, that everyone's going to pass on quarterback. I don't see it. Uh, teams are always reaching for quarterbacks. Even if um, the teams that I predicted don't take a quarterback, There'll be teams trying to trade up in front of the Steelers to take one. 
Uh, it's just such an important position that I don't see one lasting all the way to the 20th pick before one's even taken. So I think the Steelers pass on quarterback altogether because their guys that they wanted aren't there, and that's Willis and Pickett. I think those were their two targets. So with them both being gone, I think they pivot and they solidify that defense even more. They're going to have Trubisky, who everyone knows how I feel about Trubisky. So uh, now I get to rip on him for the Steelers. But uh, Trubisky's going to be their quarterback. Mason Rudolph's going to be there as well. We'll see who wins that battle. But obviously you're paying Trubisky. Um, they're going to maybe have a, try to have a solid run game. And uh, why not solidify that defense even more? You got Hayward. You got Watt. You got Minka. Uh, I think they go after Dax Hill, safety from Michigan. I just feel like he's so versatile. He can be your nickel corner. He can uh, play strong safety. He can play free safety. He can play everywhere. And that could really, you know, they can alternate him and Minka. Really disguise defenses better that way. And so Dax Hill is my pick from Michigan. I, I really think he's a Steelers-type player. And um, he's really going to bring something day one to the, you know, to the, to that defense. And I realize they re-signed Terrell Edmonds, but they only signed him to one year. So I really feel like they're looking for someone to replace him the following year. And uh, so why not get one of the top safeties off the board right away, especially when you're drafting you know, late, this late into the first round. Number 21 for the Patriots. I got them going corner. They need corner bad. So I have them taking Andrew Booth from Clemson. I like him. He's a really good cornerback. You know, he made that one-handed interception in, in college that was just fascinating. It was probably one of the best interceptions of the year. Um, but that's not why he's a first-round pick. I mean, overall, he's just a solid uh, cornerback. I like him to be a little more consistent, to be honest, though. Uh, he does give up the big play. He is a playmaker himself, but then he does give up the big play. But I think in that New England defense and being coached up, he can be a real solid cornerback and... You know, he has the talent, and New England's going to take that talent. Number 22, the Green Bay Packers. They have two first-round picks as well. This is their first one in the first round. They're going receiver. They traded away Devontae Adams. Marquez Valdez-Scantling's not there. I mean, their wide receiver core right now is, I mean, it's not looking good. It's not looking good at all. And I I think they get Traylon Burks from Arkansas. And uh, he's, a, he's a type of guy that is kind of in that Debo Samuel mold where he's, you know, give him a little screen, do jet sweeps, do different things with him, and he can be productive. And uh, he's the best one that kind of fits that mold of being like an every, uh, every type player uh, person for that offense. Uh, and, you know, they're not going to ignore that talent at 22nd in the draft. So I think Traylon Burke's their pick. 23, George Karloftis, edge guy from Purdue. He's just almost 300 pounds, 275, uh, 6'4". Um, he's just a guy that's, he's a motor guy. He's strong, has a good motor. He's going to be where he needs to be in that defense. And for the Cardinals, I, I really feel like this is a good pick for them. They, they need that to their defense. I, I felt like their defense kind of regressed a little bit last year and really had the potential to be solid because, I mean, they got... I, I mean, I've liked some of the, the, the draft picks that they've had on their defense the last couple of years. I mean, Zayvon Collins and um, 
you know, they obviously had uh, got rid of uh, Patrick Peterson a couple years ago, which was actually the smart move, you know, into Minnesota. He was aging. Uh, Cardinals are actually developing a really young uh, defense. Isaiah Simmons, you know, the uh, before that. Um, just Collins and Simmons over there in the middle is really intriguing. So why not get a kind of a meat and potatoes type of guy with Karloftis who's going to be where he's supposed to be and be solid and, and know his role? I think that's a good pickup for them right there. Uh, Nicobe Dean is my pick for the Cowboys at 24. Middle linebacker, Georgia. I, I know they got Micah Parsons, but the way the Cowboys run their defense, they like to have a couple guys, and uh, that will be a good uh, fit between uh, Parsons and Dean for the Cowboys in the middle. And the Cowboys' defense actually, I felt, needed to be a lot better, and it should have been a lot better. It's like Cowboys always have a lot of talent. They have the names, but they're not always better. Uh, their, their defense doesn't play up to expectations, so... I think you plug uh, Nakobe Dean in there, and uh, that's that's going to be the start of uh, yeah really formulating that defense for them. The Bills, another yeah, they're just sitting there, uh, and they get a guy that's going to fall to in their lap. Cornerback uh, Trent McDuffie from Washington. Uh, you're going to have uh, you're going to have White, going to have uh, McDuffie. I think that's solid. Uh, you know that secondary for the Bills should be solid. And uh, the Bills are a really good team. So why not add a, you know, McDuffie's definitely, like I said, he shouldn't be sitting there. He should be drafted a little bit higher. I really like his makeup. Really like the way that uh, he plays cornerback. And he just is competitive. Uh, he's a competitive cornerback that challenges throws. And I think he's going to be a good fit for that Buffalo Bills defense. So if he's sitting there for Buffalo, uh, they need to jump all over that. Number 26, Tennessee Titans. I have uh, Zion Johnson. I like Zion Johnson a lot. I think he's one of the top and tier offensive linemen. I think a lot of teams like him a lot because he's so versatile. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's definitely going to be uh, anchoring that middle of the offensive line and uh, really making creating that push uh, for the Titans, especially with Derrick Henry being a running back um, and the way the Titans run the ball. Uh just this pick makes a lot of sense, and uh, I really feel like this is, uh, yeah, this is really going to help that uh, rushing attack. You know, and they've already had the top rushing attack, so uh, it's going to be the rich get richer in, in this aspect. Number twenty-seven, the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers. What are the Buccaneers going to do? So there's a lot of things you can be looking at for the Buccaneers. You know, obviously they're going to have to replace Tom Brady eventually, but Ali Marpet, like him retiring, and he was a center, and then having Ryan Jensen, who's the center now, and it, you know it's year to year on whether he's going to keep playing or not. I think they're going to go after Tyler Linderbaum, uh, the center from Iowa. He's, you know, he's a top center in the draft. He's sitting there. It's a position of need for the Buccaneers, especially down the road. You're drafting this late in the first round. Why not get a guy that is actually slipping in the draft? Like he was. A top like fifteen pick, then he went down to he's a top twenty pick. Now he's sliding down to you know a top thirty pick. So I, I definitely don't think the off season makes guys move. Obviously, unless it's an injury related, that far up and down the board, I really think that's uh, media driven a little bit. Um, Tyler Linderbaum's a player. He's a solid player, and uh, 
you know, the Buccaneers can slide him in the guard until he's ready for center when uh, Ryan Jensen leaves. It's it's a good pick, and I, I definitely think that uh, Linderbaum will, will be the pick here. Number 28 is the Packers' second pick. And, uh, yeah, Kyer Elam is the pick for me, cornerback from Florida. He's tall. He's tall, ladies and gentlemen. He's 6'2". And he's, I've always liked Florida uh, Florida's defense. Uh, I've always felt like they've had solid defenses. They know how to play defense. And uh, Elam uh, definitely has the genes. He's related to former Ravens first-round pick Matt Elam. And, uh, yeah, he he's definitely he's definitely grabby. So, like, there's, you know, he creates penalties, you know, holding and those type of things. But those are coachable, correctable things. you got to like his aggressiveness and being able to – you know, kind of manhandle receivers at times. So I think he's a good pick for the Packers here. Uh, Packers need to need to show up their defense as well uh, because who knows, again, uh, I think the Packers are going to have a good rushing attack, but who knows about that receiving core right now. And, uh, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's going to be there, so you know they're going to pass a lot. And We said this kind of last year where we're like, oh, Adams and Rodgers are going to be there. And, um, you know, it's good. it could potentially be their last years in Green Bay, but, uh, you know, it's going to be their, their going-away kind of tour, and they're going to dominate. Or, you know, that was Burke's take. And my take was, oh, they're going to be horrible. Like, they're losing all this talent, and who's, you know, outside of Adams, who's Rodgers going to throw to? Well, I was wrong, and uh, Rodgers looked great, obviously. <laughs> I mean, uh, MVP, right? So, but with Adams gone, like, I'm doubling down. Like, who is he going to throw to? Uh, he's Aaron Rodgers, so he'll find somebody. But um, I really feel like with this, tw- uh, sorry, the uh, 28th pick, they need to solidify that defense, and uh, Elam is that pick because um, uh, there could be some games where the Packers are in some shootouts. Number 29 uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, Chris Olave, um, wide receiver, Ohio State. Now, I actually liked him a lot in college, and I was really high on him. And I really thought he'd be like a top receiver that was drafted. And then I watched his tape and really kind of broke him down. And he just seemed like a guy to me. Um, he's solid, but... In the NFL, there's a lot of guys that are just solid. So that's what I think of, of him. Like, he'll fit great in that Kansas City offense, especially with Tyreek Hill being gone. Um, Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. So I think he'll look better than what he is, which, of course, everybody does with Patrick Mahomes throwing you the ball. So that's not a knock on him. I just feel like he's a guy that could be a solid number two receiver in the league. Um, you know, can make some plays for you, but isn't going to be a superstar. And uh, sometimes that's what you want, especially in a draft like this where I don't, you know, I feel like it's, you know, solid all the way through. But, again, there's not going to be huge difference makers all the way around everywhere. Um, This is a solid pick. I I feel like it's a safe number one pick, and that's what the Chiefs are going to do. So then they pick right after that, and here I have them getting Lewis Sign um, from Georgia, the safety. This guy is really smart. He, He, like, was the... He was like the, he was the guy. He was the guy calling all the plays for the defense, managing the defense from the back end, and that Georgia defense was dominant. So he's a smart guy. He knows where he's supposed to be. 
Um, he's maybe not as athletic as all the other Georgia players that were on the team, but uh, he knew where he was supposed to be at. He's really aggressive. you got to like his mentality. I just feel like he's a leader. And with uh, Honey Badger potentially being somewhere else, uh, Lewis uh, Sign or Scene is the uh, the best pick here and really could benefit. Like, I think he'd be a starter day one for the Chiefs going into that spot. So it'd be a great pick for you know the Chiefs to get a guy like that so late in the draft. Number 31, uh, I have him getting Kenyon Green. And uh, he's the guard from Texas A&M. You know, Zion Johnson, I like him a little bit better, but Kenyon Green's a close second. I really like this guy. I like the way, you know, their run defense was phenomenal in Texas A&M. Their pass blocking wasn't bad either. Like, that whole offensive line for Texas A&M was just really solid. I really liked, uh, actually, all their offensive linemen. So, Kenyon Green coming out. Uh, he probably drafted a little bit high here, but it's the end of the first round, so I don't really feel like it's that much of a reach. And it's to the Bengals. So, I guess I should really clarify that the Bengals are drafting here. Bengals getting Kenyon Green. Finally, putting some pieces in place to give Joe Burrow some protection. I think, you know, the Bengals, that was what stopped them from getting a world championship was the fact that they weren't able to protect Joe Burrow very well. If they're able to protect Joe Burrow just a little bit, this is a solid play. So Bengals, Kenyon Green, they need to do it. Uh, AFC North dominancy. They want to dominate the uh, the AFC North. For years to come, they need to protect that investment of Joe Burrow. And Kenyon Green's a great start. Number 32, and that's the Detroit Lions. They finally are squeaking in there in the first round and making a pick. This was uh, obviously from the uh, the Rams. Um, I think that they're going to go quarterback. So they're going Sam Howe, North Carolina. I actually like Sam Howe. Like, a lot of people were down on him. And I'll be honest, he was the guy opposite of where I had um, Chris Olave. I thought Sam Howe was, I was expecting not to like his tape very much. And people were like, oh, he, you know, he, uh, he zones in on his guy and he focuses on the one guy and he, re- he makes, you know, the defense is, uh, it's easy for the defense to read him. And I don't know. I, I really liked his tape. I thought he, you know, decision-wise, like, did he force some balls? He did, but he, he made some pretty good decisions. I really liked his, uh, his pocket awareness. Like, he ran the ball when he needed to run the ball, designed plays. He really made plays. He was a playmaker. And, uh, yeah, really managed that offense well. I, I really feel like some of those forced balls that he threw were just because they were simple concepts, and he just that there wasn't anything available, and he was trying to make a play. So I really feel like that was more of the play calling and the – the scheme than it was uh, Sam Howe and his abilities. So, I mean, this could be actually a real good steal for the Lions if they get Sam Howe. I actually, again, I was expecting to hate his tape, and then I watched it, and I'm like, he looks a lot better than what I was anticipating, having, you know, watched it in, uh, you know, like his full body of work. So I'm feeling like if Detroit needs, you know, they're going to make the pick here. Uh, this is their second pick of the first round. They already got Aiden Hutchinson. Sam Howe here at the end of the first is going to be a solid draft for them. So there you have it. There's my 2002 NFL draft for the 
Ms. the Wiz, Montalban, and Burke Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, NFL Draft Special. Thank you for joining us. We'll see how uh, correct we are, and we'll definitely talk about it when we uh, come, you know, get back on the show. And uh, yeah, it's good to be back. And again, we're uh, ready to jump into the season for fantasy football. It should be really exciting. Uh, and the NFL draft is where it kind of all starts, and we can kind of start uh, start talking about keepers and dynasty guys, and um, maybe who of the draft picks are you know you should be targeting in uh, your your fantasy football drafts for dynasty and, and those type of things. So. Uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, yeah, let's get right back on the horse. Have a good day. Just want to say really quick, you know, thank you for listening. We're continuing our season three after our short hiatus. Uh, we appreciate everyone that's been listening. It's been a lot of fun talking NFL football and you know fantasy football. And, you know, this podcast started out as just with uh, some friends and some family, uh, and then it's kind of grown from there. We've actually had a lot more listeners than we anticipated, so uh, a couple sponsors even. So we appreciate all your support. Thank you for listening. Uh, like us, review us. All of it helps with our analytics on our podcast. Obviously, we couldn't do this without you. It's, it's been actually a lot of fun seeing it grow. But, uh, yeah, in the meantime... Uh, enjoy the NFL draft tomorrow. Let's talk about it afterwards. And uh, cheers.